What's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, non-gender specific, everybody is welcome. Uh, this is a very uh, empty show. It's me and Jess. Hey. Hey. Uh, no no, Norm, the Uber guy. Uh, no Big Willie. He's in Kentucky doing Kentucky stuff. Um, But we are, the show must go on, and we are here, and we're going to be talking Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, plus you're going to get a review of the movie Morgan, and we're going to talk about Century 16, uh, the lawsuit that is going on right now with the Batman uh, victims, you guys familiar with uh, the the story where uh, during the Dark Knight, that guy came in and and, uh, like killed a bunch of people and threw grenades and shit and now the company uh is suing all the victims seven hundred thousand dollars what the fuck oh yeah we're gonna talk about that and plenty more on episode 61 of the ninja starship (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow you should steal that that should be a steep song (laughs) it should be 12 11 10 9 ignition sequence start Six, five, four, three, two, one. Ninja Star! What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from George Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Men. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Men. You are listening... And you're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. Our favorite podcast. It has begun. Oh, yeah. I am awesome. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey, man, I was on a UFO. I really was, man. Hey, your cousin and I... Man, he had a bag full of dope, man. We met all these chicks, went to a massage park, and we went on a spaceship. We're in a weed field, man. We got sucked up by a spaceship, man. It's so full of blood and tits. Like, what more could you want from a low-budget horror movie? Rules. Eliminator. <laughs> it's your boy, Kel Mitchell, and you're listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Come on, get on the Starship. It's going down. Yo, McKnight, let's get it. Yeah! No, seriously, I, I do not have a 10-inch penis. No, I do not. Seriously. You were discussing Hulk Hogan's penis. All right. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, we are live. It is 5 p.m. September 4th. Ladies and gentlemen, have you heard of Pizza Oreos, Jess? What the fuck? I know, and that's... the second time, and we're only three. (laughs) (laughs) We've gotten two what the fucks 30 (laughs) seconds in. Check this out, okay? This is a guy who uh, named Action Jackson on Facebook who put out a video about... What he thinks about pizza Oreos. So I'm going to play it for you right now. I'm so sick of this company. I already told y'all before. Oh no, what happened? 
I don't know, but I wanted to hear him rant. Hold on a minute. I got your back. I got your back. This is this is what happens with your live radio. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, that's some nasty. I'm so sick of this company. I already told y'all before. I should have to tell y'all again. Quit creating stupidity. <laughs> Ain't nobody eating that. You will lose brain cells eating shit like that. If y'all having problems at the company, come together as a team and bring some ideas together. Don't just be in there creating bullshit. That's how y'all get shut down. I'm calling a health inspector up there. Since y'all want to put people's favorite foods between two sandwich cookies. Ain't nobody eating it. Give it a break. God damn. What's next? Y'all going to come out with steak and onion Oreos? If y'all disrespect steak and onions, I swear to God, I'm writing a fucking letter. This shit got to stop. World already coming to an end. Y'all just adding on to it. Whoever the fucking CEO is up there need to retire. Because obviously you don't know how to run the company. Got your employees over here creating shit to tease the struggle. That shit is not appealing to the eye. I know good damn well it's not appealing to the stomach. As soon as I get done with this video, I'm calling FDA. It is a wrap. That's I love awesome. those guys. Yes. I want to make him mad. <laughs> see what great shit he's going to say. But I mean, he's got a great point, though, because like he pizza does. Oreos, pizza Oreos. Like, I love pizza. I literally just ate some. But I am not about to mix pizza with Oreos. Yeah, there's shit that just shouldn't go together. You know what I'm saying? That's why, like, they call that, like, pregnant cravings. Like, and even pregnant a pregnant cravings? chick wouldn't even eat that. You know what I'm saying? And right, they eat right. weird shit together when, you know. Right, they're all knocked like up. Chainsaw and ballet, they don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was a deep reach. I was yeah, really, yeah. I was really looking was for good that. Though. It worked. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I guess uh, let's let's just bust into the news. Okay. All right. And that was the fucking news. All right, so this week in the fucking news, the top story that I really want to talk about is the Aurora Massacre survivors that have to pay $700,000 in legal fees to theater after losing trial. This is from NewYorkDailyNews.com. And what it says is the Aurora Massacre survivors have been hit with a financial insult to their injuries, owing the theater $700,000 four years after the deadly shooting. In June, Cinemark attorneys shook down the survivors of the Aurora Theater shooting, demanding seven hundred grand in legal fees after jurors in May ruled against the 28 victims and their families. The judge ruled in favor of the theater, ordering the survivors to pay what? the costly fees. Yes. Cinemark is the third largest theater chain in the country, and they claim that they needed the money to cover the cost of evidence, records, travel, and other expenses, according to the court documents. So victims get shot at, and then they have to pay for it. Apparently, it says the when th- they just went to go see an eight dollar movie. Right, and how many? Like, okay, what does <laughs> this say? What here. does this say about the justice system where something like this happens, and then all of a sudden? The victims who were shot at, scared to death, who right. went to a place where none of that's supposed to happen, they have to pay. Well, and excuse me, Jerry, but what the fuck were you guys thinking? Were you all like consecutively smoking crack together in a room? And you're like, ah, okay, whatever you guys want us to say. Right. Because that doesn't make any sense. Humans don't react like that. They say no, because there's this thing called compassion and common sense. And I don't know, logic. Yeah. I, I, I When I read the story, I was like, how in the fuck? Can this even happen? That's the most messed up shit I've literally ever heard. It is. You get shot at, and then you have to pay 
What are, what are they? What are they asking? What are they calling that restitution for getting shot? Yeah, like, no shit. It says uh, the theater chain's lawyers spent five hundred thousand on experts to testify on its behalf. The group survivors had sued the theater for the uh, July twentieth, two thousand twelve attack, blaming Cinemark for its lack of security and allowing the crazed gunman James Holmes to storm in and kill twelve people, leaving seventy injured. Okay, I mean, have you seen the ushers though in security at I don't know movie Any theaters? theaters? Yeah, the, there, well, there's, there's none. But there's like I've walked have into movies after seeing one movie and nobody paid attention. You think they're going to notice the gunman right. until he starts shooting? Be serious. Well, and it's not a place that you know is supposed to have security set up like that. So what they're counter suing to get the money back that was ruled that they had to pay is that what basically it was? yeah they're they're trying to get money back for all these experts that they had to well, spend honest, money on. well honestly it, it should have never it should have never been paid out to the victims anyway it's not their fault that somebody walked in there and shot up the place mm-hmm. you know it's 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 not a maximum security prison it's a freaking movie theater well uh, apparently to get even deeper into this it says the judge also warned that if the victims rejected excuse me, the settlement and lost, they'd be hit with heavy legal costs. What? Yeah. So, I mean, it says justice system is so so screwed up. So screwed up. While the victims originally agreed to take the $150,000 settlement, a plaintiff who lost her child and was left paralyzed from the theater shooting rejected the deal. And what? So she got penalized for that and had to pay money for rejecting. Yeah. That is bullshit. And it seems like the judge already had this in his pocket. Like, he, this is what already, like, he's like, if you don't take this, we're going to hit you with these legal like, fees. What's the that deal says he gets to me free that movies he, for life? That's not no enough shit. to screw like, people You're getting over. something. You're getting something. <laughs> well, yeah, because nobody does that, you know, unless you're a lawyer, like, golfs with that guy. That's why you hire that lawyer, though, is because he golfs with the judge. Right. So. And this sick fuck that uh, actually did the shooting, uh, James Holmes, is serving a life sentence after his deadly massacre, killing 12 people and injuring 70 more. Now, check this out. He's doing life in prison with an additional 3,200 years. <laughs> How does that even... It means, Let's just okay, this on. go ahead and sit there and try to apply per- for parole, but it will never fucking happen. Like, you're not fucking sentencing Dracula here. Like, well, it doesn't yeah, matter. but you know what? If you get life, you can always, like, with no parole, you can always go in and keep appealing and appealing and appealing, and there is that possibility that you may get let out if the mm-hmm. uh, prisons are, you know, over packed, which they often are. Right. So because we just have so many freaking criminals in America, it's ridiculous. Plus so I think that's just to ensure oh, yeah. that he never, ever, 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 ever gets out just in case some idiotic review board says, yeah, why don't we let that mass shooter out? It's been 70 years. It's okay. <laughs> right? Like, no, no. He, He's you 90. Die there. He must be sane now. No, the longer you stay in the, there, the more whacked out you are when you get out. That's just how it, that goes. And that guy's already pretty batshit crazy. Yeah. So I mean I I I feel for these uh, I I really do I feel for these victims I I I want to find out if there's a, a I don't know what I don't you, know enough about these things but is there got to be like a change dot org or something that something something to, like that to be behind theater. these people that you know, there's okay None anytime where happened. you see something some giant rich company shitting on people like patrons that paid to go there right and any i'm i'm behind any story where the big man is crushing the little man i'm always for the little man i'm sorry yeah no i agree like one of two things should have happened here either they never should have paid out the settlement to the victims to begin with because technically i i don't really feel like it was their fault mm-hmm. you know you never have like max security at a movie theater there no. are none that have and that. that would change the whole vibe so, you don't need to see like yeah. some 
I know, could never mercenary sneak into with an M sixteen standing there so. at a you know like oh welcome to <laughs> welcome to Good Rich Theater right. here's this you know you'd be like oh my god well then you'd have something else to complain about it's martial law Star Wars is released martial law <laughs> <laughs> but so either they shouldn't have paid out anything to the victims or they just shouldn't have gone back and countersued. And the whole thing shouldn't have happened in the first place. But granted, the shooting happened. That wasn't their fault. They shouldn't have gotten a settlement from it. And then they shouldn't have had to pay back said settlement just because the movie theaters broke. Right. Like that movie theater should be boycotted. Nobody should literally Absolutely. ever go there ever And they're the third again. largest. They're not broke. Well, they they're should making definitely money. be boycotted then. Yes. Because that's the only time they're going to feel it. They're going to go ahead and screw over these people that were terrorized, you know. And oh, I totally agree. I turn totally around agree. and I'll, I'll yeah, never go there. That's awful. No, I will never, never go. Where there. Where is this at again? I don't know. I already closed the link. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're boycotting it wherever it is. We're boycotting it. <laughs> well, just rewind it. You know where it is. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on in other news. Uh, Jason David Frank, the green, white, red, red, black ranger, uh, could be playing Bloodshot in the new Ninjak series brought to you by Bat in the Sun Entertainment. Uh, this is just a giant rumor because apparently some cosplayer who uh, plays this guy bloodshot or, or dresses up as this guy bloodshot all the time. Um, right after Jason David Frank posted something saying that he was going to be involved with this kind of a project, uh, he liked this guy's uh, page and this guy's like the guy for bloodshot. And so I'm oh. like, that's where this rumor is being based off of. And apparently it's enough to clickbait and put this is on uh, heroichollywood.com oh, so okay. they're they're the ones they're saying which is a a, a good source but you, uh, you, you know you can't always get it's a rumor you can't have a 100% crack stories all the time right and unless it's a you rumor. really do digging and that's a cool thing like i like ninjas i like ninja stories so yeah. if it happens i mean i wish it's i with, was a ninja uh, me too right <laughs> I jump up and get cookies and a little like, butthurt about that <laughs> <laughs> that i can't like run up walls i can't walls be a and ninja stuff. I don't, uh-huh. I don't. I just wanted. I'm like, not the Electra, sweet, and I'm sad. I always wanted the sweet shoes, like those two-toed shoes when I was a kid. Like I always used to like put my like part my sock between my big toe and the rest of my feet, <laughs> just so I could have those when I'd play ninja. Well, now I, I don't want to do all that. I want to wear normal shoes and be people's ass. But we have a caller. Oh, we have a caller. This Norm. What up, Norm? Norm. Norm. Man, you know, you know, we talked about this last week. I was like, no Will's going to be here. I'm like, are you going to be here? And you told me I'll be here for you, man. You said I'll be here for you, man. And then guess what? I did too, but I'm still here. You are still there. I got stuck with family. I am so sorry. Oh, it's all right, man. It's all good. We're gonna we're gonna but make of this through. I'm listening in on the podcast straight out, so make sure you tune in. Right on. So uh let me well, since you're here real quick, let me get your opinion on this uh on this uh theater fucking shit where they're like all these victims are getting charged massive amounts of money. And they're victims. It's like adding exactly. insult to injury, big time. Exactly. Like I commented when I first saw it, I thought I read it wrong. Because I was like, wait, what just happened? Right. <laughs> and 700 grand to the victims. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, I understand they were suing the theater because they thought, you know, security shouldn't have been up and this should have been prevented. And I understand that. And the theater, you know, never thought that this would happen. And 
the last time I was at a theater where there were metal detectors at the door was Oak Park in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've never seen metal detectors at another theater. So I understand that they couldn't predict that it would happen. But at the same token, still, still something for the victims, still right. something for the families. You know, whether it's a settlement outside a court that they might not have taken, mm-hmm. you know, but don't turn around and sue them for your lawyer fees. That's such a dick move. That is a very dick move. And it's Cinemark is the company. Cinemark. Cinemark. Yeah, yeah. you can afford it. So I what? hit on that one. Like, right. You're number horrible. three. You're like the number three big boy in the country for movie theaters. Like, dude, I'm sorry. Something bad like that happened. You do everything you can because now with this bad press coming at him, like others, like oh, there's no such thing as bad press. This is bad press. Oh, this this will kill press. your business. <laughs> Nobody will go yeah. here unless they. Uh, anyone that knows about this will not go yeah. to your theater. Right. And if, if you, you have do, half a brain, you're not human. If yeah. you do, right. And it, or you and don't I think know. The only Cinemark we have around is Cinemark 16, which is probably the dollar show. Which, I mean, right. Like, I, man, bitch, I go to AMC for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like MJR, but okay. I like MJR, too. MJR is not bad They have at the all. best soft pretzel bites. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Well, hey, you know what, Norm? I, I, I'll forgive you, man. I'll forgive you. We're going to we're gonna we make this though. work. Yeah, we do miss you. And uh, you know, we're 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 putting the the podcast metal to the test here. See if I can do this by myself like I used to. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, man! And I'll keep listening. And if I hear something to chime in, best believe I will definitely call in and chime in for you guys. Um, like I said, I'm just with family, so hey, you got to do what you got to do. uh, You got to do what you got to do. It's it it is Labor Day, but I'm gonna have the podcast in my ear the entire time that I'm here. So when I hear something, I'll definitely call back in and keep chiming in, as all our viewers should call in. I know you were family, but hey. Call in two four eight five seven nine five two six zero six zero. If we have any lawyers listening, call in and let us know yeah. what what you think about this whole Cinemark fiasco because this is just like this is insane, man, absolutely insane. And like we totally overshadowed the other two stories that we were talking about. Well, this because <laughs> of you, Norm. I mean, it's a bigger deal. Fuck, late well, fucking yeah, arrival. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw the JDF thing, which is awesome. I mean, if you can get in, get it in, do what you got to do. Yeah, it'd be nice to have him do something else other than Power Rangers, you know, like just to see him kind of, you know, get the the relevance back. Like he is still relevant in that circle, but this is going to help him big time to get his name out there again like it used to be. Exactly. Cool, man. All right, I brother. Thought you went to the movie, so I'll be sitting around waiting to listen to hear your uh, review on the movie. Oh That's yeah, yeah. Week. We'll talk about Morgan a little bit later for sure. And uh, at six thirty, we're gonna have Tony Wright uh, from Source Point Press call in about his uh, new comic Day One Sixty Five. So it'll be nice. pretty straight. All right, man. Thanks for calling in, dude. I'll talk to you later well on when you call I'll talk in. To you guys later. All Bye, right, man. Bye, honey. Okay. So, uh, oh, honey. all right so uh going back into the news here adam scott and craig robinson are making a comedic x-files type show uh these guys it's called the show is called ghosted and basically it's a a skeptic teamed up with a true believer and (laughs) investigating all kinds of weird paranormal stuff around los angeles 
And with these two guys, like, it's going to be funny. Like, you know these dudes, right? Oh, yeah. I love them. Yes. Both of them, actually. Yes. Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. They're a great, they're they're in that whole, like, this is the whole comedy team right yeah. now. Like, Seth Rogen, James yep. Franco, Craig Robinson, all these guys. The, yep. They're Jonah Hill, even though. They all hang out together. They all burn together. They, they all, all burn together. together. They, and they all, all started together. And now they're, together. They're, the ki- they're the kings. Well, you know, I like that when you have com- comedians that are friends and they're like teams because they already have good chemistry. So yes. when you put them in movies together, that just kind of shows through a lot. So uh, I this next one, this next one totally tickles my 90s kids fantasy. Why does um, that? Well, that, that sounded really bad. That's not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like um, in the non-dirty way. Not okay, in the guys, non-dirty way. This makes, this makes my 90s kid at heart super happy. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Um, Bill Nye. Oh yeah, lands Nye a new Netflix guy. show, and he's coming back. So what's it going to be about, science? Uh, the, yeah, there's going to be science stuff, but it's called uh, Bill Nye Saves the World, and it's set to debut in spring 2017. And the series will explore science and its impact on society, pop culture, and politics. Nye's going to tackle specific topics from a specific point of view in each episode while also refuting anti-scientific claims and dispelling myths like the true cause of global warming. I'm very excited about this because I I love Bill Nye, Nye, the science guy, when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) His his bow tie, dude. Like, I just want his bow tie to get bigger with like each episode, just one bigger, like even where it's just like like, covering his his face and stuff. (laughs) That'd be so. He's just talking behind it, like we're going to draw our I love some Bill Nye, so I actually will watch that. I'm interested. And God, I mean, obviously, at some point they'll probably get to evolution and God, so that should be interesting. Yeah. So you know, all of you Christians out there, you might want to watch something else so you don't get butt hurt about life because I don't absolutely. know science, science, and and science and science and science and I, ooh, logic. One of the best anyway. things I have ever heard him say, uh, and I, I can't quote it directly. I'm going to kind of butcher it, but I got the gist of it is when it, he someone asked him if religion should be taught to children, and he was like, you know. He's like, we need more free thinkers, engineers to build yeah. things and, and not have superstition basically cloud their minds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I'm like, that, that, is, that is such a, a, a true statement, especially you know, for me. Like, I know when I have kids, I do not want to introduce them into religion at all whatsoever. And not that they don't find it on their own. If they want to find it on their own, they right. want to believe that stuff, fine. But I would have – I have more uh, – I, I – Personally, I would rather teach them about, like, hey, say Santa Claus and actually have some, you know, childlike wonder and imagination and childhood magic and be a part of that. Because all that comes along with getting religion pumped in your head when you're a kid is that, oh, if you're bad, you're going to go to hell. Right. So it, like, literally teaches you to live in fear. Right. And I don't want that to ever happen. Bad things, which is kind of why the Bible is written in that time. But anyway, we'll not get into that. That's a whole other podcast. But honestly, like, no, I don't think I would either just... Because of that fact. It's true. It is. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll get heavy on that. We better stop. Yeah. Moving along. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to talk more about, or actually, we're going to talk about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the passing of Gene Wilder when we come back on the Ninja Starship. There's no earthly way of knowing <laughs> which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing, rowing, or 
which way the river's flowing? Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a blowing? <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. All right, we are back live on August 29th, 2016. We lost one of the most beloved actors uh, who brought such childlike wonder to all of us, especially in uh, Willy Wonka, The Chocolate Factory. Um, but he's also known for lots of other things. He did a, a four films with Richard Pryor, um, Silver Streak, Stir Crazy, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Another You. And, of course, I'm talking about the one and only Gene Wilder. Um I didn't know that his real name was Jerome Silberman. Me either. He just doesn't look like a Jerome. You don't to me. look like a Jerome, Gene. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a Gene. He looks like a Gene, and maybe that's why he did it. He's like, yeah, Gene Wilder. I don't know, but <laughs> hey, you know what? As far as like, I, I I don't know all of the movies he's done with Richard Pryor. I've only seen uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, but. I connected with him with Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory. You know what? I People are like, oh, well, you weren't a true fan because you didn't watch all of his movies. And I'm like, I mean, no one said that to me. Right. But, but I, I just saw I can him already say it to other it, people. Yeah. And I'm like, what? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It like, is. If I don't you have enjoy to be a, someone, right. yeah, you don't have to be a super fan to enjoy them and be sad exactly. that they're gone because, you know, they had an impact with the movie that they did on your childhood or, you know, teenhood or whatever. That was a huge deal. And Willy Wonka was a huge deal. That's why they made it twice. Duh. Except the second one sucked. Yeah. I didn't really watch bad. it. Oh, it was so bad. I figured it was better not to ruin a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and he actually, uh, Gene Wilder himself didn't like it. He called it an insult. Well, probably not. Mm hmm. You know, it was the sequel to a movie that he did that wasn't original. Yeah. And, Reboot. You know, Reboot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's never the same. No. Especially and when you have somebody else as the main character. Right. And it's like, look, look, Johnny Depp's a great actor. And he He's even amazing. said that. Gene amazing. Wilder even said, he goes, I think Johnny Depp is a great actor. He Fabulous. goes, and he, and I, I, I can't remember but. if he said that he did like Tim Burton's movies or didn't like, he just didn't like what he did with it. So, it, it, you know, I mean, and I don't, I don't blame him. I went and saw it with, with huge expectations because... We watched, I, I mean, how many years, like, that movie was out before I was born. It came out in 1971. Yeah. And I, 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 I remember. Every kid watched it. Every single kid watched it. And what it did is it, it just, it sparked imagination into this wonderful world where this guy secluded himself from everything and created mm -hmm. his own wonderful world and got these, you know, little Oompa Loompas to come work for him. And yeah, you know, and it was just it was it was magical, and and even the songs were all good. Yeah. Um, the one iconic scene though that really sticks out is the boat ride scene. Oh. Where it was super creepy. Yeah. And he's being creepy. Yeah. That I really um, I was really hoping that they would do something good, it's... being Tim Burton in the next one. Yeah. But that whole boat ride scene was the biggest piece of crap ever. 
That whole movie was a giant piece of crap. Even the original movie was just like an acid trip with candy involved. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. saying. (laughs) And it was really creepy. Even being a kid watching that, you're like, whoa. Nobody has the same acid trip twice. You can't read through the same damn movie. Uh, But I did find eight amazing facts you probably never knew about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hmm. Uh, Fact number one, the film was made at the insistence of the director's daughter. Uh, Mel Stewart is the director of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and his daughter, Madeline Stewart, insisted that the book would make a fantastic movie because she was super into it. Uh, Excuse me. Super into it at the time. So the dad obviously took the advice and made one of the greatest children's movies of all time. And I don't, don't want to label it That's as a children's awesome. movie. It's it's well, great it's for all of us. Everybody yeah. loved that movie. You know what I'm saying? Didn't matter if you watched it when you were four or freaking 40. You were mm-hmm. like, ooh, this movie is awesome because, you know, it was. It was. Uh, the movie also, number two, the movie showed a notorious Nazi. Now, this, this scene takes a little bit of... of Kind of explanation because you remember I don't even when, remember and, that. Well, and you wouldn't unless they just told you because, like, I had no idea. Oh, or I okay. think maybe if you were in that time, uh, because they, uh, do you remember in the movie when you know he put the the uh, golden tickets and all the scrum umptious Wonka bars or whatever and yeah. sent them out there and people had to find them? Yeah. Well, there's that one where they thought they were all found, but the one ended up being a counterfeit. Yeah. Well, when they show the counterfeit, uh, they show the guy, the gambler from Paraguay. This guy was also one of Hitler's last known henchmen named Martin Bormann. Dang. Yes. So that's where they, they made, they, <laughs> they're like, if whoever's gonna, who's gonna counterfeit this golden ticket? Gotta be a fan of Hitler's. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting a Nazi. <laughs> We're getting a Nazi. Only a Nazi would do something so evil. Right. Um, Roald Dahl hated the film version. The guy that originally wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Why? He hated it because he Same thought way. that it it focused more on Willy Wonka versus Charlie because the story is about right. Charlie. But I personally don't think it did. I think it focused no, a lot on Charlie. Was... And Willy Wonka was just the exaggerated character as he should yeah, be. That's so, the point of him being the character. So I thought it was a good balance. And I mean, Who knows? Maybe this guy was just a big baby. Like, oh, they... they... I mean, isn't the world filled with babies? They yeah. complain about everything. And it said that he was even a, a, one of the head screenwriters for the movie. And then he still didn't like it. And then here's this allegedly, when Dahl was once staying at a hotel, he unintentionally ended up watching some of the film despite swearing never to see it. It was only after 15 minutes that he realized what he was watching and immediately changed the channel. Bullshit. Dude, you know within Nobody five minutes what movie you're something. watching. Yeah, unintentionally. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I turned it on and then I was taking a shit. And then uh, well, I heard <laughs> I heard Willy Wonka and I ran out and shut it off and then went back and finished my shit. You know, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, people don't like accidentally watch child porn. That's never held up in court ever. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so you didn't accidentally watch your movie lies no, sir you lies. are a liar we are calling you out uh number four there were two theories on why the name was changed from charlie and the chocolate factory to willy wonka in the chocolate factory now why would jess i'm gonna ask you why would you think that they would change the name from charlie to willy wonka in the chocolate factory uh because i don't know money money marketing Oh, from the candy company? Yes. 
because Quaker Oats had just purchased the rights to the book and financed the movie in order to promote their new candy bar, which they named Wonka Bar. Huh. So it was all the big scheme. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but that's smart, though. They needed you know? funding for the movie, though. But they so. had to have a lot of faith in a candy bar to finance a whole yeah. movie. I mean, and that was not that a small production. A damn good candy bar, I'm just saying. It is pretty good. You ever yeah. had a Wonka no, Bar? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. I'm going to bring you one next week. Okay. They're so good. Um, number five, the Oompa Loompas were almost super offensive. Uh, in Roald Dahl's book, the Oompa Loompas were originally caricatures of African pygmies. So luckily, the producers sensibly realized that this was offensive and ended up making them orange. What's an African pygmy? A really small African person. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're like they're like this really tiny African tribe. Yeah, the pygmies. better idea to go ahead and make them orange people. Yes, and it looked cool. Smart. Yeah, and they had you white know. eyebrows. Yeah, and now we can like <laughs> compare people like Donald Trump to them and stuff, right? Because he's orange. Because you're an orange Oompa Loompa. Yeah. I love Loompa Land. It's great. We're gonna put. <laughs> we're gonna build a wall around Loompa Land. Keep the snoz wanglers out. <laughs> um. While uh, number six, while a candy room sounds like a dream come true for the kids, it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Uh, the girl who played Veruca. Did they all get diabetes? No, but oh. she didn't like candy. Oh, really? Yeah, Veruca didn't like candy I at all. I wish I didn't like candy. <laughs> she had to be told on more than one occasion to look like she enjoys it. <laughs> That's a weird kid. Like, you must be an alien kid yeah. if you don't like candy. I mean, I wish, like, if I had kids, I I want my kid to, like, hate candy. Oh, yeah. You'd want that to yeah, save your absolutely. dentist bills with the cavities yeah, and shit. Yeah, that and, again, diabetes. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but, but on the flip side, candy. it says Denise Nickerson, who played Violet, Chewed so much chewing gum during her time as Violet that she ended up with 13 cavities in her teeth. <laughs> I bet she does have diabetes now. <laughs> She's probably dead now. Oh, yeah, that's true. It was filmed in the 70s. Everybody that Way did to be that's sensitive, Jess. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't think that through. <laughs> been playing The Sims all day, and I'm having a beer right now. So I don't know. I'm brain look function is let's, minimal. Let's look this up. Denise Nickerson. Did she die of diabetes? Are you, did you die of diabetes? Diabetes. No, she's still alive. She was born in 57. Yep. Played Violet Beauregard in 1971. You're still alive and you are not diabetic. Wow. That's <laughs> a miracle. <laughs> Hell yeah. She's 59 years old and she lives in New York City. Right on. Right on for her. Um, I love this one. Uh, Gene Wilder took the role as Willy Wonka on one condition. Um, and he wasn't the first choice to play, but it never tells us who else was uh, up for the role, but he would only do it on the condition that the scene where he walks, uh, when he walks out of the chocolate factory in the beginning and he's uh -huh. limping on the cane yeah. and then does that somersault, mm -hmm. he said he would only do it if that happened because that that's character development yeah and he said now for the rest of the movie you wouldn't know if he was lying or telling the truth because you saw that in the very beginning smart man right and he, he was a, he's a very smart man he Didn't was a screenwriter for that and he was also a director and he wrote and directed a lot of his own movies wow yeah, yeah. that's really impressive very impressive i mean the guy was a genius it's, it's yeah. so sad but you know it, it, he what he did is he left a mark 
in all of our hearts for what he did. Yeah, and absolutely. So I'm 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 all for it, and I, I love this guy. Um, and I'm not a super fan because I don't know all of his movies, but I know the one that matters. Yeah, Willy exactly. Wonka, <laughs> the huge one. Right, and like all the, the the ones with Richard Pryor, I'm not discounting those. Those are great too. No, but, but I mean, it's not apples an and oranges. American staple or anything. Whereas Willy Wonka is 100. percent so. Yeah, there's that. Uh, and the last one is the Chocolate Room wasn't all edible sweets and happiness. Um, Veruca, when she's breaking that uh, giant ball of chocolate yeah. on the rock, yeah, uh, that rock is very real, and she actually cut her knee. When she was huh. doing that, and you can see the blood on her knee. If you look close in that scene, I'll show you here. They got a little clip of it. It's super, super tiny. Oh, yeah. But she's got a little blood stain on her knee from that rock. Wow. Crazy, right? Like, That's I, a good you kid. Never, she didn't even break character. She didn't break she's character. beating the shit she, out she of She got it. pissed off because she heard her knee, which was like, I'm breaking this oh, yeah. fucking ball open. <laughs> <laughs> no pretending there. She was really mad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the um, the gummy bear scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, Veruca, not Veruca, Violet, uh, takes that giant bite out of the gummy bear. Yeah. They had to redo that, take a whole bunch of times, I guess, and only the ears were edible on that gummy bear. Oh, really? And from what this says is that it, it wasn't even very good. Huh. Poor thing. You know, another prop that wasn't particularly tasty was Violet's giant gummy bear, which only had edible ears. In addition, oh, the famous chocolate river was made from 100 and 50,000 gallons of water mixed with chocolate powder and cream. According to the cast, after the river was left for a weekend, the smell the following Monday was absolutely horrible. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah, it's all like (laughs) nasty chocolate stank. Cocoa powder and... Milk. That's probably what. Yeah, cream. Cream. God, all curdled and chunky. Like you would probably. Now that would make me not want to eat chocolate ever again. I would just imagine, like, not only would the smell be bad, but once they like started circulating it for like the the waterfall and all that, it probably amplified the smell. Oh, guaranteed. How people weren't like projectile vomiting. And then the dude had to fall in it. That kid fell in it. Remember, (laughs) he's like swimming in it and drinking it, and ugh. So bad. So bad. That's commitment. That is 100% (laughs) commitment, sir. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's nasty. That is very nasty. Um, All right. Well, uh, let's get into our movie review before we take a break. Um, I went and just, I just literally came back from the theater. I went and saw Morgan. I haven't heard about that yet. What What is that about? Well... Morgan is about this. Uh, it's basically like a science project gone wrong. Uh, we people have created sentient life, yeah, and it's this being that we created that's grown super fast and is very like uh, very smart and you know and, and for some reason knows how to like fight like a badass and all of this stuff that's happening. But um, really, on a, on our rating scale, where we're like you know go to the theater and see it, wait for Redbox or don't waste your time, yeah. Uh, I'm simply because Ridley Scott is attached to this. I'm gonna say wait for Redbox. What do you What do you have against Ridley Scott? Nothing. I, I I'm just saying. I, otherwise, without him being attached to this, I'd say right. don't even fucking bother watching. This oh movie. wow. Oh okay. Uh, because it was it was the slowest burn ever. Really. Literally, like over half of the movie 
you're ready to shoot your damn self in the head for it's story development. Bad. It's that slow. Just slow. Wait, is this the uh, AI movie where the AI goes like rogue or whatever and starts thinking on its own and people are like, oh, do this. And it's like, no, and does this. And no, no, it, it's it's uh, it, I don't I, I wouldn't consider it artificial intelligence because it was biological. It was it was 100 oh. percent uh, a real person that they created. But it was just that, you know, like I said, it was the slow burn. And then once things actually started happening. They didn't really – with how – okay, like just, I don't want to spoil it too bad, but there's just certain things like the containment area. Like you see all this in the pre, in the preview that she gets out of her containment area, okay? Uh-huh. Well, this containment area that she's in, uh, and she's supposed to be this super smart being with all this you know, uh, added features to her that normal humans don't have. Right. She's kept in this thing. Well, then the the I don't want to, I don't know if you would call her a hero in the movie, but the the starring role uh, person who plays the starring role gets put into this cage as well, this cell, and figures out how to get out in like five minutes. Oh, okay. Like literally, like just climbs up and breaks a window, and I'm like, no, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> so this super badass, like you know, thing couldn't come up with it, anything. Couldn't figure it out, and in five minutes, this girl just. Paul's ass and and gets out. You know, it just it didn't yeah, make any sense. If you're gonna make a movie like that, like you have to make it realistic, ish. Yes, at least at least some kind of realistic ish. Um, <laughs> well, some part of it anyway. Kate Mara is uh, the girl that plays Lee Weathers, who's the starring role. Uh, Anna Taylor Joy plays Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose Leslie, Dr. Amy Menser, Michael Yar, Ted Brenner, Toby Jones, Dr. Simon Ziegler, who was also in Captain America. He was the bad scientist in Captain oh, America. Oh, yeah, 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 The yeah. little guy. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is Dr. Lu Chang. Um, yeah, the, nobody really other than uh, uh, Toby Jones that I know. I, I didn't recognize. What, oh, oh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti okay. is in this movie. He Here, I'll show you a picture of Paul Giamatti. Well, well what else was, was he in? Oh, he's been in all kinds of movies. He was in Lady in the Water. Okay. He was in uh, uh, Straight Out of Compton. Um, he played the Rhino in Spider-Man for a second at the end of it. But he's like, he's a very, very good actor. Right. And when he showed up in this movie, I actually like, okay. You're like, ooh, there is It's going to get good. You know, my Paul Giamatti's in this. It's going to be good. Because he's really, really, really good actor. He's one of my top five favorite actors. He's wow. really good. And it, it just, he was great. He was really, really right. great. And the the scene that he's in, like, really sucks you into the movie and, sh- mm-hmm. and like, really brings you into what Morgan is and what she's facing. You know what right. I'm saying? So, like, as far as that goes, like, that one scene, I say, is is worth watching. But maybe, maybe like I said, like, it's hard for me to really give reviews after I've seen it one time because, like, I can always give something a second look, and then you'll find things that you can appreciate. But just general feeling, it, walking out of there, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so glad this is over. Right, but does it really strike you as a movie that you're going to actually watch twice? I might. I usually give pieces of shit two times, just in case or something. You know, <laughs> you I mean, like I gave me Batman v. Exes. Superman three times, so <laughs> you and your exes? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll take you back. I'll bring you back once or twice. One more, one more chance. Why not? Sure. Yeah, Batman v Superman. I still haven't seen just because the, 
I mean, but I am going to watch it. It's just I'm not in a rush to watch it because I've heard, oh, yeah, I really liked it. And, oh, my God, it sucked. They ruined it. Why bother? Don't don't bother watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's not amazing. Like, it, so, there, yeah. there's great yeah, there's greatness. There is there is greatness in it. Well, yeah, but, but uh, yeah. So you probably a ton of movies that have greatness in them, but overall are not very great. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex just really pulls you out. Um, movies that I am excited to go see, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking, and I'm not really big into remakes or, or reboots, but The Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. with Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. I mean, as long, as soon as you say Denzel Washington, like, I want to see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying, oh, Morgan Freeman's in it, or, oh, Tom Hanks is in it. Yeah, you're gonna, those are, you're okay, going to go watch I'll it. I'll watch it. Right. It, I don't care it, it what just it's looks about. really yeah. good. And I'm not I'm not a western guy. I'm not into westerns at all. I'm not into that stuff either, but if it's got a really really awesome actor in it, like I'll watch it because I know they're going to deliver. And uh I got a I got to see the new trailer for well, it's not new, but it's newer mm-hmm. uh for Doctor Strange on the big screen. I just saw it on like um my computer, but yeah. I finally saw it on the big screen in the theater and I'm like ah. I am so excited for this movie to happen. I cannot wait to go see it. And I'm not even a big Cumberbatch fan, yeah. but I am in this movie. Well, like, I mean, it looks he's a good. sick fuck, so you yeah. know it's going to probably be pretty good. Yeah, it's so. it looks really, really good. And, yeah. you know, it looks like um, it, like they're going to take on, like Marvel's going to take on a little bit more of a, uh, a, a serious tone to it. Um, I mean, they have serious tones to their movies, but this one seems really deep intellectual i mean he, this guy it, becomes like his background story and everything uh, it, like it's that, gonna or? show it's gonna show the beginning of of you know dr strange how you know he's like this master surgeon and he doesn't believe in mysticism or anything like that and and he's just how like he one from. of the greatest surgeons out there and he gets into an accident and hurts his hands and he can't do anything anymore and um. he like all the doctors are like there's nothing we can do for you like i'm sorry it's over for you and it actually uh uh, gets him to to go out and seek out um the, you know this uh i don't i don't want to give too much of the story away but it, it, he basically goes out and 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 finds this uh a, a mystic that's going to help him you know and and the story unfolds from there and he ends up right. being coming like sorcerer supreme if you know the doctor strange story yeah. which is pretty pretty damn sweet now um are they going to use the same guy that they use in the tv show on uh the Batman show. Why can't I think of the name of it right now? I don't know. I don't think he's ever been in a in a movie. Doctor Strange. Yeah, not not no nothing. Not in the Marvel universe. Not yet. Isn't he? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> never mind. But I'll show you the trailer when we go on break. Okay, it's about that time anyway. Okay. Let's take our another break. We'll be back with more on the Ninja Starship. We're gonna watch this Doctor Strange trailer. Happening Starship Troopers, it's Jimmy McKnight, and I'm here to tell you about the brand new 52-page graphic novel from SourcePoint Press. Holliston, friendship is tragic. That's right, Holliston the TV show is expanding into the graphic novel world. The characters from the TV series appear in this brand new standalone adventure, being brought to comics for the very first time. It's so exciting. Adam, Joe, Corey, and Laura are about to discover just what their friendship can handle when Adam finds a cursed credit card and buys his friends some Halloween gifts. These presents are perfect. In fact, they're a little too perfect. Soon, mad killers, giant monsters, and evil aliens are on the loose, as well as the deadliest threat of all, success. Will the gang sell out? Will they ever speak to each other again? 
And what is the return policy for cursed credit card purchases? Find out in Holliston Friendship is Tragic. You can find Holliston Friendship is Tragic October 26th anywhere that SourcePoint Press is sold. But right now, if you go to sourcepointpress.storeenvy.com, you can pre-order this. And this is cool. This is what happens with the pre-order. Not only is it cheaper for you, but you ready for this? I'm even going to give you another one. For all my Starship listeners, if you use offer code NINJASTARPOD, you will receive 20% off of your already discounted order. And I'm not even done yet. You ready for this? For all my Starship listeners that use code NINJASTARPOD, you will receive a custom print drawn by Holliston Friendship is Tragic artist Stephen Sherrar. And what you're going to get is a print of yours truly, Jimmy McKnight, being devoured by zombie Power Rangers. Signed by the artist and myself and... You ready for this? I'm still not done. Original artwork from the comic for $4.99. Use offer code NinjaStarPod. Get your 20% off. Get your Power Ranger print. Get your original artwork right now. Sourcepointpress.storeenvy.com. Oh, Quaid, I'm having a party tonight. Why don't you and Melina drop by? Remind him, Doc? Sure. See you at the party. See you at the party, Richter. All right, and we are back live. Uh, what you were talking about, Jess, before yeah. the break was Gotham. Adir, <laughs> and I don't. Wa- I couldn't help you at all because I don't watch Gotham. I, I, oh, you I've, don't? No, I've tried, oh. and I just I can't get into it. I it's, like it. It's just not for me. Um, Teach her own. But uh, you're talking about Hugo Strange, yeah. who's being played by B.D. Wong, and yeah. uh, there is no relation between there isn't no between um sam strange and hugo strange i didn't know because they call him dr strange or adam strange i'm sorry adam strange gotham they call him dr strange yes yes it's just a strange coincidence you could say (laughs) (laughs) wordplay i saw Uh, uh but yeah no he got like like we were saying that you know he's the guy that he doesn't believe in any of that kind of stuff and he gets into this you know bad car accident seeks out the ancient one and she basically shows him the way, and it does look really, really, really good. Um, yeah, so I'm, it, it I'm, looks awesome. But you know what? I definitely want to see that in 3D because I think it would look yes. pretty badass in 3D. Smoke as a opposed doobie to and go in there and watch it. That, or I'd just go over to my buddy Kurt's house and grab his, you know, 3D glasses, put them on, smoke while I'm watching. There you go. <laughs> I want to get. A th- I, I don't. I like. And I'd like I to get smoke. a 3D TV. Yeah. Well, I don't have one, but he has one, so I'm just gonna go over there and grab his glasses. I don't have one at all. I don't have one at all. I yeah, I want one, but my friend has one, so I will be going to his house and watching that movie. <laughs> Do you think that the 3D thing is gonna fade away ever? No, no, it's no? just gonna get. Uh, I think m- better. Better 3D. Yeah. To where you don't have to wear the glasses all the time because that's yeah. the one thing that gets me constantly about 3D. Like I've I've literally no, skipped the 3D and been probably. like, you'll no. have to wear something to trick your eyes. You know what They're I'm saying? They're gonna sell you 3D contacts to where you just put the contacts in. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they can make it worth it, and it's like super 3D. What I want is like, I don't know if I saw it in a movie somewhere or what, but um, where they like put on glasses or whatever and everything around you is like fake it's not for real but you're like fighting people and shit like that so it's like Mm -hmm. teaching you how to be like a ninja i wonder if they like i've never watched it but i would assume they have porn in 3d that would be cool you think so yeah i don't see why not i hope it's like good 3d though and not like 
I, uh, it makes me think of the Terminator 2 ride at Universal Studios yeah. where you see the T-1000. He comes like way out into the audience with like his right. giant liquid metal neck and head. Right. Looks like a big silver dick. Right. I wonder if like <laughs> if you're watching 3D porn and like, you know, the dude kind of faces the camera for a minute. If it just be all you like wang in right in your face. Yeah. Well, you might just want to stick with lesbian porn. That Falling buddy. out of your recliner. <laughs> you're sitting there polishing one off. Right. You're, you're like, like dodging the dick. Yeah. You're all. You're like, whoa, whoa, don't whoa, put it in whoa. my mouth. Don't put it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What if they had like POV money shots? And it was like three, 3D. <laughs> that would be awful. Except you'd be like, ah, oh wait, from the real. opposite side, it's like the dude shooting on you instead of like you just seeing terrible. the shoot on the chick. Unless you were gay and you were into it, and then you'd be like, yeah. Oh, what if it was 4D, bitch? Then you'd actually get hit with stuff. You could be in like the 4D porn theater, and like as soon as like the dude like comes, I just don't want to walk in there because I'm gonna hear like once I take those off, it's, uh, they just from, give like, you like creepy dudes warm next to me. Elmer's glue shots to the face. Oh, no. I've never, ever been in, like, a jack-off theater. I've never been in one of those dirty Me theaters. Me either, but uh, Chris is one of his old co-workers. Like, he doesn't work there anymore, so boyfriend? I can say this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, him and his wife, like, went to one, and I think it's in Ohio or something, and they were, like, they're, like, swingers, so they were, like, going there and, like, Hooking up with people and shit, like in this the theater? theater. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, I mean, why would you want to sit on those seats, though? Like, you get crabs. You get all kinds of stuff. Like, it's just terrifying. It seems just so nasty to me. Me and a buddy, yeah. uh, we went to... No, I really want to hear where this story's going <laughs> after that introduction. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh... We were uh, we were working on Eight Mile at like we were Where were you now? Yes, um, with, Jimmy it, used to turn tricks. I used to turn tricks note. on this is my corner, <laughs> K Hub. <laughs> we uh, no, we we were doing some electrical work at this party store, and mm-hmm. you know th- there was like an adult store, like right down the right, literally right down the street like a little bit. An adult like peep show, or yeah, like, it said peep oh, show, okay. and it said, um, yeah, they're like all right, Miles. Yeah, it said like peep show and uh, videos, magazines, all this yeah. stuff. So we're like, well, let's go fucking, let's go look and see what they Did got. You go like, peep if show? It, we were like, well, if it's a peep yeah. show, I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, you put in five, ten bucks, a curtain goes up, there's some fucking no, chick in Vegas. there. Well, I found that out because uh, when we <laughs> <laughs> when we we walked in this place and it was just like a normal like dirty fucking video place you know right. there's all they got a huge porn section and just shit like the rest of them with a really fat chick behind the counter yeah well this yeah. was a this was an or old a creepy dude and there was like this really really old guy in there i remember i'm talking this guy was like walking with his <laughs> he cane probably old. owns it yeah probably <laughs> and uh we saw the signs at peep shows uh-huh. so we're all like fucking go back and see, see what's what up. that's about so we walked back there and it's just like the most dingy looking, like it was all these plywood rooms. It just looked like mm, two sexy. plywood fucking, <laughs> like on each side of the wall, there was like four or five rooms just made out of plywood uh-huh. and they were all painted black. And like, I'm like, the chicks are in there. You know, I think we were like 18, <laughs> dude. So we were like, oh, let's, you know, let's check this out. Let's go get a peep show at Could lunch break. Yeah. Against their will. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? It's like, you know, so then. I open up the this door. Is actually, a dungeon. This is a real place, <laughs> and so I open up this door, and the there's just like a TV monitor in there with like a little uh, fucking 
thing to put your dollars in, like at a pot machine. Okay. And so, like, I'm like, give me a dollar. <laughs> so, like, we get, I get the dollar and I put it in, and we're like, we haven't even gone in this booth because, like, right. we opened up the door and it was all, you know, we opened the door <laughs> and then we're like looking in there, and I'm all like. Uh, this is like, don't step in there. You know that what I mean? So, so shady. Yeah. So like I, I, I put the dollar in like, cause we're just all like, just reaching there, put it in. I want right. to see, you know, and then like just porn comes on and I'm like, you know, who's the just guy? Porn? It was just porn. It was just porn. Just the there. Here's a booth a for you to show? go in and whack off to some yeah. porn. That's Your wife considered really a has show. to hate porn for you to have to go to that length? to a shoddy ass place to go, you know, jerk your meat to some porn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just I would feel you really would, bad for I the really guy. I really thought the peep shows were like there was people back there. You know what That's I'm saying? That's what we thought too. That's why we and went. Something came across like what you were talking about was like extravagant. Like, uh, what is that movie that whatever? Neither one of us are going to think about it, so I'll skip over it. There's a scene in that movie uh, with The Rock. Yes, that's the movie I was going to talk about. Yeah. yeah, where he goes into the peep show in the and, casino his and his ex girlfriend. But like in the there. door comes up, and you're like, yes. oh, yeah, that's like Vegas. That's style. what I thought we so, were going to go see. I was thinking like maybe there was like girls in this like room or whatever, and they would pull back just like a shitty curtain or whatever, and you would see like girls right. like, doing shit. Some like one legged. Just porn. Like that's not even a peep show. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was that's, just porn. That's not a peep show no it wasn't good it wasn't good and uh so we like we saw it and we're like okay okay let's get the fuck out of here we're good (laughs) this wasn't what we thought and because like you're right that's what i thought we conquered while we didn't really come but you know (laughs) oh no 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 we can't no nowhere near see what we thought we were gonna see right i could have done that shit at home (laughs) yeah with my own porn you know free for free I just I, I feel bad for the guy that's got to clean that room up. Like, who's, oh my god, who's the dude? Like, how do you even put in? A, who's the jizz cleaner? Yeah, like, how do you put the ad out for? Like, help? what are they called? Are they like jizz, jizz engineers or a, a jizz engineer? Well, because garbage men are sanitary sanit sanitary engineers or something like what that. What the fuck sanitize. do they engineer? Not you throw the trap. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, garbage? Yeah, you throw the garbage, garbage. away. Garbage. So engineer. I engineer. She's engineer for everything now. Just makes it work. I'm a sound engineer. I push buttons and talk and shit. That's it. You could put tech onto that, like jizz tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? What's your so what job? You I'm a jizz tech. Yeah, what I'm what a do you do? I, 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 uh, I clean up people's nuts. I nut. clean up the nut on the floor in, in the jizz rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst job ever. I always thought that, like, being a garbage. Um, you know, person or I don't know, being one of those people that are like out in like the the outfits for work or whatever, and yeah. you're like sitting out there with a sign like "Come eat this pizza," and you're like a giant piece of pizza would be the worst job ever. <laughs> but I have to say, jizz cleanup would be the worst job ever. What if you had to do that, but it was like for the jizz where you're just holding the sign up and you're all like, "Come jack off here," <laughs> you know, like fucking. What are you uh, then? Like a giant five minutes dick? for a dollar, <laughs> and then you get the guy like, "I don't need that long." Going to what kind of and then he he would just be like sitting there like waving a giant dick sign. Yeah, he'd have to be dressed up like a giant. What if he dick? was like one of those good ones too, where he's like flipping the sign all badass, and it's just like <laughs> he's a giant inflatable. You're like wow, dick that's and, one talented cock. I've yeah, never what seen a talented anything dick. Like that. Good for you. <laughs> Life goals, kids. Just kidding. Would you ever? Do, no, like not now, but like, <laughs> like whatever you're gonna say, no, no. But like, was there ever a point in time where like maybe you would have considered doing porn, like 
as a job? Uh, I actually did with my ex like years ago. We were going right. to do it together because you like this like is cam, back like in webcam like webcam or something. Yeah, this is like back in like oh seven. We were going to do like webcam and you can like block. Well, you can like black out areas. So yeah. we could like black out Michigan and like, you know, Florida if we wanted. And like, I have a lot of family in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we could have blacked out Tennessee, but I like never got up the like guts to go do it. We like met with a person and everything that we're like, yeah, yeah, couples make lots of money doing it. Right. And it's like, well, we bang all the time anyways. And we why were not super do it freaky. On like, yeah, why, yeah, that's what, you know, my ex's thing was. About that, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, we bang all the time anyway. Might as well get paid for it." I'm like, "That's not a bad idea." But then when it came down to it, I was like, "Nah, I pussed out." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could. Like, I mean, me, like, I, I, I just didn't want videos flowing around of me like banging for like ever. Yeah, because you know, there's some <laughs> smart tech guy who's like, "Oh, I'm shaving this one," and like, right. know how to record right. that kind of live stream. You're like, stuff. haven't I seen you somewhere before? Wait, I saw you with that guy. He had his dick in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, that was that. <laughs> you know, like, no. I uh, I, I had a, a buddy of mine, his brother uh-huh. did that, did the webcam thing. Oh, my God. You can make a lot he of did. money. Like he was making good money. Yeah, he was making good money doing that. Speaking of which, I actually, like, I don't really advertise for this, but I mean, I should. Mm-hmm. But I, I signed up with a company now to recruit girls to do it. So do if anybody porn? is no, not porn, but it's like webcamming. But I mean you make like if you're putting in like, you know, six hours or something, like you're gonna make a couple thousand that day. In a day? Yeah, because you make a lot of money. You really, really do. And it's just a girl in front of a webcam? Yeah. And well yeah, and you're like chatting with people like they can't I've they seen that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. So they don't like know anything about you like they don't give out your address or anything like that but you can have guys like send you gifts like and it goes to the company and then they forward it on to you so that's all private if people want to email you stuff they email to an email that's associated with the company so but i mean i can't figure out how to recruit girls you know what i'm saying so i can't just walk up to somebody and be like hey you want to do a webcam thing what about craigslist yeah but i mean i'm gonna get a whole bunch of wackos there and i feel like i'm gonna end up like putting in way more time to find people then I'm going to get people actually doing it like long term, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, did you did you ever so. watch that porn documentary on uh Netflix? No, what is it? Uh fuck. I can't remember the name of it. I'm like so bad. I'm just rem- Okay. Anyway, uh it was it, it, it basically Was it like life after porn or something like no, that? No, it or? wasn't life after porn. It was uh calling fuck, I don't know. But uh, it was fuck? no oh, calling. <laughs> yeah, calling fuck. Uh, but no, it was like, the, and it showed this guy. Uh, basically, he would like fly chicks down to Miami where he was, uh-huh. and it was a, a free flight. You know, he yeah. paid for all that shit. But then he would hook them up. He was like a booking agent for porn, and he would like hook these chicks up with all these different pl- yeah. uh, people. And like he had a house of re- you know always different porn stars in it. Like the dude pretty much yeah. had it made. Like, and he was like, I used to be a dishwasher. He's like, that's all I did is I, I was a dishwasher and I wow. just I, I he gave up everything he had for this one opportunity, came down to Miami and it's brilliant. Yeah, and now he even acts in some of the you know, in some of the movies. Honestly, and- like I worked with a girl and uh we it's the girl that got me like mm-hmm. hooked up with that webcam agency yeah. or whatever to recruit or whatever. And uh she we were booking models at first and then we said, Oh, okay, she met this dude 
that's over in Miami. So she started booking people for porn. So, oh. yeah. So that there's a lot of fucking porn that goes on in Florida. Like, oh, yeah. A lot. yeah. That's the, well, like, they, that's that's like the, the place one. where they do porn. Yes. <laughs> like if you're going to go do porn and get paid five grand to like go grind on a chick or something like you're going to Florida to well, do they it. They explain that in that documentary. The reason why the porn industry moved basically to Miami he or Florida. It? No, no, he didn't. Oh. But the reason it did is because there was a law passed that in California, uh, if you're going to film it, it all has to be protected sex. And protected sex doesn't sell like right. unprotected sex does. Yeah, nobody watches the porn and they're like, um, Oh, you got a condom on. You don't have a condom on. I can't you're watch You're really this. tearing that up, aren't you? <laughs> you know, like right. that, that's, I mean, even though you could, like, don't get me wrong, right. like, you can do it just right. as fine. But as a viewer, you know, right. you're like, mm, you're like, you know what? I do that in my personal I watch, life. I don't want to do it in right. my fantasy life in too. My, I like, want no. the most. I want the most raw, debaucherous type porn right. ever. You know, and I like. I was thinking about it uh, a couple days ago, actually, because I was like, you know, maybe not now, but back in the day, like I would have totally done it. And why not do it now? You could call yourself Sir Jimmy McKnight. <laughs> Keep your real name. <laughs> Awesome. I have I've been uh I could knight you. Like, yeah. Not, like yeah, Pop Coaster Leftover said. Knighted while you're <laughs> dropping dick on girls. <laughs> I uh That would be the greatest. I, I you know I I I'm not, I wouldn't be shy to do it. I know that. No, I don't because, think you would be. No, I wouldn't. If it was out there like I'd that. whatever. You know, really yeah. it does. And I and You'd be know, like, "Yeah, that was me. I'm proud." Yeah. And I like <laughs> I was thinking about it like I would, you know, I wonder if it it, it would have to be easier. I don't want to just I don't want to say that it just has to be easier for guys to get into porn than women, but you think so. But then when you're like, that's what I'm saying. It, it looks like it's easy, but then you got to figure like you're in a room. There's like people filming. There's someone fluffing. You like, got to no. There's no fluffer. There's, there's no fluffer. Well, they're the stopping the you all the time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and then you have to get back into it in the same mood and the same face that you were just in. So, I mean, it's not easy. People are like, oh, porn's an easy job because you're just fucking all day. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, Bob Cam's an easy job, but, what if you're about but that's to also acting. And he's like, acting for people. He's like, all right, hold. And you're like holding it back. You're all, ah, <laughs> good, good. you know, and then he's like, all right, action. Dude, I'm gonna get blue balls. Hurry up, dude. I'm going to get blue balls. Hurry, hurry. No shit. <laughs> I um even now like I, I think I could still do it I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem but I'm like I'm very open about that kind of well, stuff I, I'm yeah. not embarrassed like yeah. I could give a shit if my family found out that I did porn like look right. you know I got laid see, see <laughs> now the difference between like you doing porn and me doing porn is I'm a female so people look at me badly to you they'd be like. So you're a badass, dude. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. the double standard. I I do that. The double standards. You know bullshit. what I'm saying? So it's totally different. Like, yeah, I'd be like, eh, I don't know. People are going to see that one day. And God forbid I'm like interviewing with a female because she's going to fucking hate me because, mm-hmm. you know, if some dude's like, yeah, I saw that chicken of porn, she'd be like, eh, no. But if I was like interviewing with a dude, he'd be like, yeah, come on in and work here. Right. <laughs> and, and like, I, I don't know. Like, see, with like me personally, and for dudes, they'd be like, bro. If I if I met a Five. girl who was like, or if someone was like, oh hey yeah she did porn or she does porn or something, the first thought in my head is not like oh I bet I could fuck her oh I bet she's no your easy. first thought is where do I find it at so I can watch it that and then <laughs> I'm, I'm the, like my thought is she's probably really good at fucking right that's what obviously. I would think you're probably really yeah. good at it you know? yeah but the, my first thought's not like oh now I can bang you because you're just so easy it's like no no you, it's a you job. get paid yeah. to fuck you found the greatest loophole in life yeah. and 
you know, especially if you're sexy as fuck. Yeah. Why not? Because you're going to make a ton of money. Make a ton of well money while you can. While you and you could, there's all, look at how many porn stars have actually Jenna gone Jameson to was the like top. the huge, the biggest, yeah. one of the biggest ones. But, I mean, she even wrote a book after millions of people bought it right. just because it was Jenna Jameson. Right. And you get girls that fall out of it and they regret it. And then there's like the, the whole like, oh, don't get into porn because this happens and this ha- It's a risk with any kind of yeah. job, just with going into acting. Yep. or, or and, and I'm not trying to say, like, I know the porn industry, so I'm, no. I'm an expert. From an outside perspective of what I see from, A, just documentaries and talking with people that have right. actually done porn yeah. and post-porn regrets, yeah. a lot of it they don't really have. It's yeah. just like some of it's like, oh, yep, I did it. But some it really it really does. And it tortures them or it can yeah. come back to haunt them in the in the future because, oh, now I, I quit porn and I went and got a college degree and now I'm in a job and I lost my job because oh they found out that I was starting this porn or I'm in a beauty pageant. And now all of a sudden I can't well, win because I did. Hold porn. on. That's Do you remember. Bullshit. It was like I think it was American Idol. A chick got kicked off there because she did porn before See, that's that. Bullshit. And you can't be American Idol, I guess, if you're freaky and you don't mind banging for money. That doesn't you know? make any sense. So, and that that's stupid to me because who cares? Like, right. I'm sorry, but shit like that is like the oldest trade in the world. That and hooking it, like yeah. that shit, never is going to go away. No, there's no point in even having it be illegal. Literally, because right. it's still Let going people to do happen. What they want, and it happens anyway. Like, go to Vegas. Go to Vegas. You have people on the strip oh, yeah. handing See, you out cards. Vegas, but that's oh. what I'm told. Yeah, it, there, it's like there's crazy. a fucking vehicle going around that has numbers with all these like strippers on the side of it or call girls saying call this number. What is it like a traveling bang boss? No, it's, <laughs> I think it's just the ad for it. But oh. um, the guys that hand you out the cards, yeah. you know, they have like two for one deal, two girls for thirty five bucks or 65 bucks jesus christ i'm that no it ain't i'm getting well see like they show like top a porn stars on it but i'm guessing that the money that's on that that's it says on the card is uh just to show up and you're probably not gonna get who's on the card or anything close to that right and they're gonna be accompanied by like some giant muscle bound samoan who's gonna (laughs) want your id and uh you know all the money as soon as they showed up, even if you don't like the girl, right? You know, I just I don't know. I I I would never I would never do it just yeah, because. That's crazy. Well, and the thing is, is like okay, so if you do porn in your twenties, like, and then you have like a kid in your early thirties, yeah. then you get to like forty, or just like praying to God that your kid never ever ever or, ever ever yeah, comes across that some fucking asshole porn. friend at a school is like, hey, dude, check out right. what I found. I found a porn with your mom in it, man. Oh, yeah. And then the kid's going to have to deal with that, you know? Because that's not scarring. Right. There's I, I 15 that, years of therapy. That would have to come up with, like, the upbringing, too. Like, because, like, what if the yeah. mom was so, like, oh, so ashamed and, like, made it into a, uh, uh, a, a body-shaming total... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, conservative style home. You know oh, what I'm saying? And then, then the, the kid girl. grows up or, or the guy or girl grows yeah. up into that where it's not, you know, if they're if they're brought up in a more open home where sex is celebrated and, and right. not, you know, looked at because it's like we have that thing in in America for some reason. Yeah, where it's everybody like, else calls us prudes. It's right, not for, right. you know, China. Like sex is a, a thing to be shamed or and that, that doesn't make any sense. Everybody likes to do it. Everybody does it. Yep. You know, like personally, I could care. You could put me on the rooftop of this fucking building right now with a spotlight on me and I will go to town on who the fuck ever comes <laughs> up there and be like, yep. 
Tickets, I got tickets. You want to see more? Like, I have no problem Jimmy's with that. Jimmy's in the voyeurism. I, yeah, I would be. Yeah. I would be. I have no problem. I know I'm good. You want to watch? Take lessons? You know? <laughs> Take some notes? You're like, I'll show you how it's I'll done, I'll show you how son. McKnight lays it down, son. <laughs> Sir Jimmy McKnight, coming at you, bra. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's take a break. Off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's take a break. We're gonna when we come back, we're gonna talk to Tony Wright, uh, uh, another great Source Point press creator, about his new comic Day One Sixty Five. So we're gonna go from porn into comic books. <laughs> Perfect segue. All right, more when we come back on the Ninja Star Show. Oh, good God Almighty me! I think he's the Antichrist. Anthony, I want to talk to you. Now listen, don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you. You get a goddamn job before sundown, or we're shipping you off to military school with a goddamn Finkelstein shit, kid. Son of a bitch. All right, we are back. Joining us author of Supernatural War comic Day 165, Mr. Tony Wright is on the phone. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, Jimmy. How you doing today? Pretty good, man. Great to talk to you. Excellent. Likewise. Um, so let's let's dive into this because like Supernatural and War are two things that I really love to read about, and the fact that they're combined awesome. really kind of piques my interest on this. Uh, I'm looking at your Kickstarter that's happening right now, and you are at $1,266 out of your $2,000 goal with 26 days to go. Man, you are killing it. You got 51 backers so far, including myself. Um, let's, let, let's talk about this. Tell me, tell me what, uh, day 165 is really about. Day 165, as you mentioned, is a war themed supernatural story, but with each issue, consider it like an episode of the twilight zone or amazing stories or the outer limits. But in this case, something bizarre and fascinating happens to soldiers on their 165th day of service in the military. So... It's not just ex-war. It's any soldier in war, any time. So you, in this story, we've got British paratroopers during World War II, and I've got plans to do a story during the Vietnam War, the Civil War, for example. So you get different things happening around the same time. So like I said, take it as, a, as an episode of the Twilight Zone where you see something happen, and all of a sudden, Boom, the story just takes a crazy left turn. That's the, the idea behind Day 165. So where did, uh, where, where did this all kind of come from? Like, what, what inspired you to, to actually create this? So between 2009 and 2013, I was doing webcomics for a site called Champion City Comics. And it's a site that I owned, and I was working with all these artists and writers and letters and colors from all over the world. And... Uh, sometimes I would just connect with people just because they saw my work and they say, hey, you want to collaborate? One day I started talking to an artist from Italy, his name's Giovanni Bellotti. I pitched an idea to him and he finally rejected it. He said, let's do a war story about, you know, what's going on with the war in Afghanistan. And he said, you know, think of it as like it's their, you know, they've been in the service a while, like their 165th day. And I said, okay, that, looks, that sounds pretty interesting. And I immediately thought, Dave, what's so when I want to come up with an idea for the story, I didn't just want to do something that's a basic war story. I wanted to blend some of the things that I love. Because as a kid, I'm reading 
like Marines, like Army GI Joe, and I'm also watching stuff like the Twilight Zone and amazing stories. So I said, all right. I said, we'll do the war story, but I want a twist, something sci-fi, supernatural. And he was on board with this. We did an 11-page webcomic back in 2012. Uh, we, I said, hey, we should do it just a full-fledged comic book. And he was uh, open to that around 2013, 2014. And unfortunately, some things didn't work out between us. Uh, he had some other things that he wanted to work on at the time. And I said, hey, I'm just going to take this project and give it to someone else. And he was fine with it. And so I assembled a crew, which includes our artist, uh, Pencils, Inks, and Colors, which is Joe Hammerly, who actually did the color for the original Day 165 webcomic. And I got uh, Frank T. Allen. He's a uh, comic book writer out of the U.K. Uh, big help, great mind for comics, mm-hmm. develops great stories. Uh, heard my idea for the story we've got right now and just nailed a great script for us. And also, we have a guy, Martin Perez. Uh, he goes by the name Magnus, and he's out of Uruguay. And he was a big help with lettering. And we just brought all the people together, and I just came up with a different twist for this episode. Frank really worked on some ideas with me, and we just hit a home run with this. Yeah, man, it, it really does look good. The art is, is spectacular, and I'm glad you answered that because that's that was the next question I was going to ask is, who did you work with as far as inks, pencils, and, and colors? Um, well, Interestingly enough, Joe Hammerly is my cousin. Oh, okay. I started, yeah, I started writing comic book scripts about uh, 2004, 2005. And, man, I, I'm not the world's best artist. I, I can get away with, like, just the basic doodling you could do in your notebook in high school. But yeah, I needed someone that could take it to the next level. And I was just sitting around thinking one day, and I thought, wait a minute, Joe, my cousin, he's right. a great artist. Right. I emailed him, and he said, let's do it. That's awesome, man. Especially because you get to work with family too on it, which is which is really cool. Yeah, we're on the same page as far as what we like and what type of stuff really uh, just grabs our attention. So when you're on the same wavelength as an, an artist, you know, you've got all these endless possibilities. And what's cool about the artists I've worked with over the years, I can just write a basic description for the page and, and give them all the dialogue and action I want, and just Joe and like a bunch of other artists I've worked with, they just deliver every single time. And that's what's great about Joe's style. And I think that's one thing that's really got people excited about day one sixty five. Very cool. Um I'm going to uh I'm going to post uh a link for uh for your Kickstarter on our Facebook page. That's Facebook.com forward slash ninja star pod. You guys can see uh the Kickstarter for day one sixty five and please go on there and contribute. Um, check it out and you're going to see, let's go over some of the, uh, rewards that people can get, um, on your Kickstarter. Oh, well, first of all, Joe Hammerly, who not only did the art for day 165 is, uh, also contributing in the original sketch. There's a comic book that one of the soldiers is reading. It's called Colonel Joe Monroe and his freedom brigade. Yeah. And Colonel Joe's based on Sergeant rock and captain America. You know, those guys from, the World War II era that really represented, you know, the American fighting machine and right. going over and defeating the Axis powers. So that's a comic book that one of the paratroopers is reading. So Joe created this really cool Colonel Joe Monroe against like these Nazi German sort of like zombie-like creature. Mm-hmm. That's a, a reward piece. He's also doing some original hand-drawn sketches uh, that are Day 165 related. 
And another guy I've worked with, his name's Eric Rowland. He's got an excellent style, and he did a pinup uh, grill in the airplane, which is really, really good. That's one of the rewards. Another artist I've worked with, his name's Victor Pozzi from Argentina. He contributed a really cool action sequence, uh, sort of a lot of uh, explosions going around the helicopter, and that's another reward. We also have custom-made dog tags, and we've got T-shirts. And you can get a whole bunch of cool comic books from SourcePoint Prep added to the mix. So, And I'm just going to say there's some stuff that people are going to unlock, and when they see it, they're going to be incredibly surprised and very pleased. I'm not going to get to anything, but once you guys start unlocking things, you're going to see some really, really cool rewards added on to the stuff we've got for you already. Very cool. And can I just say, man, like, excellent touch on putting the comic book within the comic book. When I see stuff like that, it's it's always just so cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very it's very very meta, very self-referential to to what, you know, is happening. Like yes, you're reading a comic, but they're also reading a comic in the comic. You know, I, that kind yeah. of stuff is always just it's really cool and adds a very very cool personal touch to it. Yeah, and during World War II, soldiers were getting, you know, their chocolate, their condoms and their comic books. I mean, that's what they were given, and, you know, people were reading it at the time, and that's why the some of those comic books from back in the day are so rare. I mean, people were asked to recycle and, you know, take back the paper, and those that held on to their comic books have very, very valuable items. Oh, yeah, it was definitely. Just a, great, just a great time to add com, a comic book within the story, World War II, I mean, it, it just goes together. It's peanut butter and jelly. So they were, hold on a minute. Now, hold on. You, you got my curiosity spiked. You said they were given chocolate, condoms, and comic books? Yes, especially if you look at the American soldiers. I mean, things like uh, M&M's, um, you know, very popular candy today. But if you look at the time, uh, they need to send candy over. And uh, the, the company that makes M&M's, I think it's the Mars Corporation. Yeah. Um, with those candy-coated shells, I mean, that was a, it, it, it lasts. And it's definitely something they wanted um, soldiers to have. Of course, you have cigarettes, too. Mm-hmm. But, of course, uh, like with World War One, they didn't want soldiers coming back with uh, with veterinarian diseases. So they gave them condoms. And also, you know, they want something to read, you know, have a comic book. Wow. Because at the time, I mean, if you look at the 1940s, 1950s, and the amount of comic books that were sold per month, if you put that in today's perspective... It, it would blow your mind. I mean, we're talking millions of comics being sold per month at the time. And you give those to soldiers as well overseas. I mean, it, it's a winning combination. I could imagine, too, that like those guys looked so forward to that. Because, I mean, what other side kind of entertainment do you have? I mean, I, obviously, if you're getting condoms, you're getting some kind of entertainment. But, you know, there, there's people <laughs> that still love the, you know, the story. And, and, you know, especially guys like us, like you get into, you know, anything that's episodic and, and you're sucked mm-hmm. in. You can't wait till the next one, you know, till the next uh, TV show that happens. Well, back then when you didn't have that, all you had was your comic book. You know, you, you mm-hmm. cannot wait literally to get to the next story. And I, I think what you got, man, you you got something good here. You've really tapped into in, into a, a, a story and and a, a market that's really kind of it's not it's not very it's not done very much, you know. So this this is a very very cool original idea, man. Hey, thanks. I mean, if you're thinking of war stories, I mean, I know Garth Ennis had the war story run, uh, which was really cool. That was in the past decade, I believe. I right. think he kind of had a, a, a few uh, runs on that. 
And, you know, you look at comic books, and like I said, growing up back in the day, all I was reading was, you know, Larry Hammer. I mean, his run on G.I. Joe and the Nom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that second to none. I mean, that guy right there was just an inspiration of writing. Um, you know, he's a military guy. He, he knows what he's writing about. Mm-hmm. So I had to dive right in into journals and magazines and newspapers and videos and learn everything I can about you know, the military experience. And the guy I worked with, Frank Allen, uh, we're both historians. So he, he's a guy that has studied World War II and, of course, being from the U.K., he can definitely add um, the jargon, lingo, uh, you know, anything that makes it sound authentic. Like, these guys are all from the U.K., as an American, I, you know, I could definitely write about, you know, American soldiers, but I wanted it, the idea of these guys being, you know, in France at the time of the D-Day invasion, making them British paratroopers. Frank really, really took the characters that I had developed, and he just took them to a whole other level. And I'm very thankful what this guy did as far as his help. Very cool, man. Uh, real quick, where are, you, where are you based out of? Me, right now, I'm based out of Portage, Michigan, which is right next to Kalamazoo, west side of the state. So you're in Michigan. Uh, if, you know, being a, a fan of Larry, have you met Larry Hama? No, you know what? I'm originally from Springfield, Ohio, which is near Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And there's a great comic book convention in Dayton called the Gem City Comic Con. Yes. I, I've attended in the past, and there was one year where you just have these years where things are going on in your life, and you just realize, oh, man, what was going to go on with the Gym City Comic Con? So you get online. I missed it. And not only was Larry there, but also Mark Wade. And that mm. was just one of those things. It was just like a punch in the gut. Like, no, those were two guys. As a writer, I'd love to meet him and talk to him and just kind of corner him for a moment and get some advice. So I, I'm you know, I'm not that far from Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids has an a ama- couple amazing Comic Con. Yes, the big ones, the Grand Rapids Comic Con. I'd expect to see Larry there eventually, and maybe if he comes to Chicago, C two E two, or anything like that, I'll definitely get over there for that. Well, I would like to extend an invitation to you to the Monroe Comic Con in Monroe, Michigan, October first. It's a one day con, and he will be there, my friend. If he's there, I'm going to make. I'm going to. Put this on my schedule, man. He is there. He is there. I'll, I can send you. Uh, I can send you the info uh, on Facebook when uh, when we get done with the interview. But he will be there. Right, absolutely. I got, got GI Joe number one from Marvel. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, and that was one of the first comics I received as a kid. Actually, it was GI Joe number four. It received as a gift, and yeah, it's long gone. I don't know whatever happened to it. But like I said, back in the day, it was the military comics I was reading. Yeah. So, yeah, back in the those day, that was. Cool. G.I. Joe was huge, man. Absolutely huge. And it's amazing what he did. Someone gave him a toy line, and he turned it not, I mean, it just wasn't a, a toy story, if, if you will, if, if I can use that term. <laughs> yes. The way I wanted to use, but he took it and just said, here's a whole other universe, because you watch the cartoon and you read the comic book. Those are two different worlds. Absolutely. Two different stories. Larry really just expanded that universe, and then he took on stuff with the Nam which was phenomenal. And then I think it was Charlton Comics that was doing Fighting Army and Fighting Marines. Same kind of thing where you just have these snippets of, of battles. And, and they were focusing on like World War II and Korea. And I think, a, I can't remember if they were doing any Vietnam stories at the time, but we got some great stories out of those comics as well. Those, those were fantastic. Awesome. Um, 
before yeah. before I let you go, uh, like I said, we are going to post links on the Facebook page uh, for people to find the Kickstarter and check this out. Um, but what is uh, do you, do you have a website set up for this? And 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 where where can people find out more about Day One Sixty Five? Well, for right now, we've got the Kickstarter page. If you just do a search for Day One Sixty Five, you'll see what we're doing. Okay. But what I've done is I, I kind of dusted off the uh, old website championcitycomics.com one word or championcitycomics1word.com and I'm going to talk more about day 165 I'm going to try to get some post up if not every day every other day and just talk more about what we're doing what we've been doing I've got some more projects that I'd like to work on got some got some cool stuff lined up and this isn't this isn't the first you're going to hear from this group of people. So we've got uh, quite a bit going on. Very cool, man. Um, and you're, you're being published through source point press. Yeah. Um, Eric Roman who's one of the artists that did the pinup for this uh, Kickstarter campaign. Oh, it looks so he good. Me in their dire- yeah. He pointed me in their direction. Uh, I can't remember how long ago, but it was MCC, which was, I think it's the Michigan comics collective. Yep. I saw what they were doing, and it reminded me of some guys back in my hometown of Springfield, Ohio. They were called Twilight Star Studios. And I saw MCC, and I said, you know what? If these guys are doing something, I'm getting on board. And we uh, worked with another artist. Uh, we were in the newest, uh, I think it's the anthology that they just released off of Kickstarter. So I got a story in there called War, uh, Warrior Galway, or it's listed as War Galway. I did that with Ryan Cairns, who's an artist from, uh, I think he's in northern Ohio, southern Michigan area. So we're kind of keeping the, uh, keep it in the Michigan area with uh, some of our connections here. Very cool, man. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for talking with me. I do appreciate it. We are going to promote the hell out of this. And uh, thank get, you. we're going we're gonna to get your goal reached, guaranteed. And uh, looking forward to, to getting a copy of this in my hands, man. And uh, hopefully, if you're uh, if you're in the Metro Detroit area next time, uh, we can get you in the studio and, and talk more about it. And if you come to Monroe, uh, I will be there and I will meet you in person, man. Jimmy, sounds great. I appreciate your um, you know your donation to our campaign. Thanks for posting everything. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Not a problem, man. Anytime. You have a great night, man. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Yep. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, that's all I got for this week. We did good, that's Jess. That's a wrap. That's I a wrap. So. We I did thought good. we did pretty good. Just By ourselves? Yeah, yeah. We should just have our own show. You know, I want to do, I'm going to put this I'm out gonna there. I'm going to get myself pat on the back right now. You do the same. <laughs> <laughs> If uh, if if I ever get off second shift and stop working so many crazy hours, right. I eventually want to start a morning show called oh. McKnight in the Morning. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's got a ring. You to know, it. and if I do, McKnight like you, you got to you got to come on. You definitely got to come on. McKnighted. Mick, you have been McKnighted. <laughs> it's like a sexy cheeseburger. Fuck you, McLovin. <laughs> Awesome. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to, and really appreciate it. Uh, go to ninjastarpod.com, check out our events, see what we're doing. October 1st, Monroe Comic Con, uh, the Ninja Starship and Podcast Detroit will be there with force. We have a massive mega booth. We are going to have Activate Gaming in that booth with us, providing excellent gaming for you so you can come there, talk to us, play some games, learn about Podcast Detroit, see what we're doing, and don't forget... We're also doing a Podcast 101 panel that day at 3 p.m. 
Uh, we're going to talk about how to basically get your podcast started. We're going to touch on that kind of stuff. And then we are really going to talk about what to do after you've started, how to take your podcast to the next level. If you want to if you want to be a part of Podcast Detroit, you have a show, come talk to us. We would love to talk to you and see exactly where we can go with it and get you to produce the best content possible. All right, that's all I got. I'm done blabbering. Until next week, that's the show. In a world where podcasts are here one day and gone the next, the people call on one man to bring them a show that would save the planet as we know it. This is not that guy. From Podcast Detroit and the Points of Interest Podcast Network comes a show that talks about Power Rangers, the macho man Randy Savage, movies and TV shows, comic books and more. Brought to you by the host with the most, Jimmy McKnight. The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight is live 5 o'clock on Sundays on Podcast Detroit. Email the show, ninjastarpod at gmail.com. Oh yeah!